welcome, welcome, Housers, to another episode of On the Way Home. I am your host, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door, Blue Door's organization in the north of the GTA that is focused on housing, health, and employment for our most vulnerable across uh, York Region, Durham Region, and Peel. Uh, in the northern part of the GTA, and a shout out to the 100 plus staff at Blue Door, the frontline heroes making that happen. Uh, we do all sorts of stuff. Number one, we find people deeply affordable and supportive housing on many different levels. We do that for seniors, for families, uh, for um, for 2S LGBTQ plus youth, and many, many more. As well, we give them adequate, we get them uh, access to adequate health care uh, throughout the region. And we also provide them with meaningful and well-paying employment through our construction social enterprise construct. Uh, so if you want to see, if you want to check out more of our work, go to www.bluedor.ca. We do this in partnership with the fine, fine folks at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. Uh, while you're listening to this podcast, we'll actually be right in the thick of their giant conference in Halifax. Uh, uh, thousands of, of people in attendance. Uh, people from all over the world, great speakers, great topics. Uh, listen, it is a great conference. We're going to find out where next year's conference is. Be sure to go. But they do much, much more in the field of advocacy and training. Check out all the work they do at caeh.ca. Now let's get to today's guest. Many of us see people experiencing homelessness. We see uh, people on the streets and we think someone should do something about it. Our guest today saw this and was actually with his young son many, many years ago. They saw someone on the streets, and instead of assuming what that person needed, they asked him. And he said, you know, I could really use a blanket. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart. Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Uh, and so they went out and they got a blanket. But that keyed an idea in Gregory Old uh, and his son when they talked about it. They said, maybe we could do this again. But little did he know that many, many years later and thousands and thousands of blankets later, the BC Blanket Society would be born. Uh, so we talked to Greg about what's spurred this. And this is a part-time gig for Greg. He works full-time. He does this. It's another full-time job. Um, and it's really, really important to him. Uh, his son, now a grown man, is on his board of directors. It's an incredible story of someone taking action to be a part of the solution. It's inspiring, uh, and, and you know it's very, very emotional at times. Uh, a great listen, and great to talk to someone and learn how they went from watching others do things to being a leader uh, and doing something about it, something as simple as giving someone a blanket. Take a listen to this one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Sad to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for making the time to join us. Hey, Mike, thank you very much for having me on Blue Door. Thank you. Appreciate it. So we, we start every podcast with the same uh, question, and that is because it's a little personal to everyone, uh, mm -hmm. and so there's no right or wrong answer, and that is what does home mean to you? 
There are a lot of answers to 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 you know what home means to me uh, or um, home means to anyone. Um, but a home is where the heart is, is the old saying, the old adage. And um, for me personally, uh, I'm always at home when I'm with my kids, no matter where I am and around the world. Um, if I'm with my kids, I'm home. Now that's not to say that I I work with a lot of people that do not have a home. And that's a hard question to ask them. So I ask them, what does a blanket mean to you? And oftentimes a blanket is their only home. And um, those are often the answers that I get. And um, it it breaks my heart, Um, but it also warms my heart to know that we are out there providing homes in a way to others. And you're keeping people alive. You're keeping them safe. We want to get into that. Uh, but let's under let's just, so listeners, if you're watching a video, you'll see that uh, Gregory has Mr. Warmth uh, as his title. So, and you'll understand why in a minute. And if you're just listening via audio, just to let you know, so this is you know Gregory or Mr. Warmth. Uh, let's understand how you became Mr. Warmth. Talk us through your journey. Probably in second grade, when you get, you know, there was career day, or, or parents came in and talked about the things you wanted to grow up to be. It wasn't um, Mr. Warmth. Can you talk? Walk us through your journey into this work. Uh, where did you start? How did you come upon it? How did this happen? Um, well, let's go back a little further. I, when I was a kid, I I had um, a lot of energy. Um, a lot of people were focused on the negative uh, of, oh, you have ADHD, you are hyperactive. Um, I think all kids are at one time or another until they learn how to focus. Um, I learned how to focus as an actor, uh, as a performer, and for 23 years, that's what I did. And uh, I enjoyed that journey, and, but I made a promise to my, uh, uh, to my wife at the time that when the time came that we would have children that's when I would step away and and you know do real work um and that was difficult (laughs) to say the least um but moving forward uh, a few years later uh when uh, my son was around two years old um something magical uh happened something that changed my life uh the life of uh my family and um you know, being able to touch the lives of thousands over the years. So I was coming out of a movie that I was in, uh, in downtown Vancouver in Tinseltown. Uh, and this podcast, we're, you know, we're actually a few days after our, um, our 18 year anniversary, October uh, 15th, 2005. I'm coming out of the theater and I see a man in an alcove and I, You know, oftentimes you see people sitting down in stoops, um, huddled, uh, and you just bypass them, you know. Um, Well, our eyes met. And something compelled me to go up to this gentleman and talk to him. And I knew he was in rough shape. I knew he was a street survivor. Uh, He was very weathered. Uh, he's probably about my age now, 49, but he looked much older, much, much older. And I asked him if there's anything I can do to help you. 
And he simply said, I could use a blanket to survive the night. That's it. Well, you can imagine um, if you really take all that in, you're trying to figure out, wait, hold on now. A blanket to survive the night. You mean you can die if you don't have a blanket? Like it didn't compute in my head. And um, I was like, something like a lightning bolt hit me. And I felt uh, compelled to go get this gentleman a blanket. So I did. Um, went around the corner, uh, found a store that was just closing. I asked him if they had a warm blanket. I said, yes. I got one. And um, when I came back to that gentleman, he was still sitting there. Um, and to be honest with you, while I was approaching, you know, my thought of why didn't he ask for a blanket? Why didn't he ask for something like normal? Like a you know, cigarette, coffee, food, drugs. I, I just, it just was one of those moments in life that really, one of those aha moments. Um, and when I gave him a blanket, I don't remember a conversation with him. I just remember the look and I'll never forget the look until the day I die. Um, he was stunned that somebody, I imagine that's what he was thinking. Somebody listened to him and took action upon his request without judging, without questioning, just helping. But it wasn't until later when I was playing with my son, Ben, who was two at the time. And I told him what happened. And then I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you and I went around collecting and handing out blankets to people in need to keep them warm? And like Batman and Robin, we're not, unlike Batman and Robin, we're not like, we're not fighting, um, you know, bad guys, but we're fighting homelessness, poverty, we're loneliness. And we're providing warmth from our hearts. And I'll never forget, he turned to me and he went, yeah. <laughs> big fat cheeks, stunning blue eyes, big smile. How could you, how could you turn that down, right? So he really was the catalyst because I don't know if I would have gone any further except for that, you know, one act of kindness. And now, you know, 18 years later, where now my son is 19 and on the board of directors at Blanket BC, um, I just, I honestly, I couldn't be more thrilled and proud of the man he's become. And same with my daughters, uh, Emma, who's now 16, and of course, Zoe, who's three, but they all participate and they love participating in community events. They love helping out. And it's great. It's very cool. A very cool story. Very touching story. Uh, what strikes me, there's a few takeaways there. Number one, your son is now your boss, really, if he's on your board of directors, uh, which is cool. Affirmative, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but the fact that, uh, yeah, you know, just, and that's how a lot of great things start is with that realization you had kind of that, wow wait a second, uh, and to teach your kids young 
and have them grow up with that thought too of noticing because they you know many i think part of the challenge across canada gregory is that um i think canadians generally i'm sure you've seen this and we'll talk about blanket pc society but canadians are generally pretty empathetic they just don't really know how deep the the problem runs right they, they just see little clips mm-hmm. on they see street homelessness a bit uh, in bc uh especially downtown east side quite a bit but they don't know how deep yeah. it runs and then a lot of it's hidden as well right so i think once they do and that's part of why we do this podcast and why we do a lot of talking is is to create that awareness you're doing a lot of that work tell us a little bit about blanket bc uh you said 18 years. How does it work? You know, from the first thing of, hey, it's my son and I, how the heck did it grow into uh, what it is now? Um, well, in the beginning, it was, it was, uh, we weren't sure what we were doing. In fact, you know, 18 years later, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. Like, I'm the worst executive director of all time. <laughs> but uh, I do it with love and passion, and uh, it, that's been able to get us through. So Blanket BC's mission is to uh, collect and distribute blankets and warm clothing for shelter programs, families in need. We work with indigenous communities uh, here on the West Coast, um, and we're truly honored by that. Um, we talk about socioeconomic issues, and we really promote volunteerism at a young age because, hey, Ben was two when we started this journey together. And um, what amazes me is when I first started, I was working, uh, in fact, I'm actually in, I don't know how many podcasts, I uh, guess you've had who are doing a podcast from their mobile office, but I'm just going to pan up a little and you can see some of the blankets that uh, we collected. I've got about 600 blankets that we're delivering today um, uh, in the downtown east side um, and Coquitlam and tomorrow in Surrey. Um, but I... Uh, I'm losing the the thoughts and the questions, but I, I, I think um, it's it's very cool to know that um, when I first started this, at I was working for Bell, and I t- was talking to my manager and Vicky uh, Vicky Rosaki and uh, Marcus Fromm, who uh, has recently passed on, and uh, they were instrumental in um, helping actually kind of um, start the, the function, you know, the, the, the gears working towards how to do pickup and deliveries and all that kind of stuff um, in a, on a small scale. And we wanted to come up with a name uh, and Blanket BC was uh, kind of like, well, we're delivering blankets in BC. So that kind of makes sense. But I thought about it more and more and I thought you know we're creating beautiful communities we're creating beautiful communities from the warmth of our heart it's by doing good and by providing your time to community service you create beautiful communities so that's how we we came up with blanket BC and modestly we collected about 67 blankets the first time uh, in the first year, uh, in that season. And then the following year we collected over 2000. And then the following year we, we got traction with, um, working with, uh, companies like Cabro Linen Systems. And then we started collecting thousands, thousands upon thousands. Uh, uh, 2008, I think we collected 
over 15,000 blankets. And now on average, we collect about 35,000 blankets uh, a year and distribute them to people in need. Um, not just in the lower mainland, but all around the world. It's been really, really cool to be able to partner with other organizations to know our blankets, your blankets, your, your, your viewers and your listeners blankets who we collect from are making it, making a huge warm impact all around the world. Uh, and here at home, it's pretty cool. 700,000 blankets to date. <laughs> it's wow, pretty that cool. Is, that is crazy. And you formed an organization. Tell yep. me a little bit about, like, so how many, how many volunteers, how many staff? Is it just you? Is it you and volunteers or how does it work? Okay. So I do do the majority of the pickup and deliveries. I, I've always loved doing that. Um, but we do have a lot of, uh, we have, uh, over the years, we've had such amazing, uh, brilliant um, and hearty personalities on our board of directors, um, helping shape and form governance and all that kind of stuff, all the back end stuff. I was on the board for many, many years. Um, nobody gets paid up like ABC. It's all volunteer, hundred percent volunteer. We're not a charity yet, but that this is, this has been, this has been our crux. This has been, um, uh, the, that thorn, uh, in my foot, uh, because you need to have professional people on the board we've had passionate people and that doesn't necessarily equate to getting to the next steps uh, as a nonprofit, there's a lot of a lot of people that want to start nonprofits, and um uh, for me just from advice i would say where do you want to take it and if you want to take it as far as you want like you know you want to become like Terry Fox Foundation or the Canadian Cancer Foundation, the AIDS Foundation of Vancouver, you, you know, or even Michael J. Fox Foundation, uh, you need to have professionals on your board. You need to have chartered accountants. You need to have lawyers, um, people who are willing to give their time. Um, and, you know, even though we've had passionate people, we haven't had the pros. So we haven't been able to get to that next level, but that's, that's our that's our goal. That's my two year goal. I want I want to be able to have to say that you know in our twentieth year we've become a charity and you know we can give tax receipts and all that kind of stuff because um, we don't uh, we've never received a grant. We actually not such a we've received one grant in the eighteen years that we've been around. One, so it's been people power. Um, so so you are you telling me you this is is it full time for you? You do this full time on top of another full time job, or is it? So yeah, like so this, no. Um, okay, so I probably put in about twenty hours a week during like the spring and summer months, um, and then fall and winter, I'm putting in a lot more hours. Uh, I, it's not a job; it's volunteer. Um, but I, but I, yeah, it's passion. It's a hobby. It's just like any other, you know, hot hobbyist out there, right? They put all their hours into it, but they don't, they don't, you know, get paid for it. I don't get paid for it. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to get reimbursed every once in a while too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, it ruined, uh, you know, relationships, um, you know, my, my first wife, uh, I, I loved her to death, but it just didn't work out. And, and part of that reasoning is because of my focus on, on Blanky BC as opposed to the family. 
So um, you've I've learned to balance that a lot better now. Um, and uh, my my new wife Amika, she makes sure she pulls a <laughs> puts me down. Goes, hey, hey. <laughs> well, a, a balanced leader is is a better leader. Let's let's you know be honest. So let's talk about uh, some of your partners. Who do you work with? Who do uh, who do you support in the BC area? You talked about some of your indigenous partners. Who are some others that have come on board? And what has the uh, what has the response been from the community? Well, the response from the community has been great, especially in the, in November. Every third week of November, we host North America's largest blanket drive. I've been trying to get like mayors and you know the Metro Vancouver mayors on board. It's really difficult. Um, I know they have busy schedules. Uh, but they seem to have their, you know, their charities that they want to work with. Um, not to say that, you know, they're diminishing what we do. Um, but, uh, you know, our partners in the past uh, have have all been, you know, there for us uh, to help us out through our journey. They, you know, you know how sometimes you meet people um, and you meet them for a reason. Um, but they're they're not there for life. They're there to help you get to that next step, or you know, help you along. Um, so I'd say Ulock Mini Storage was one of our finest partners. They gave us um, a ridiculous amount of storage space um, over a six five five or six year period, all for free. Um, and we're talking well over sixty seventy thousand dollars worth of storage um, uh, space. Um, never asked for charity receipts they just did it out of the goodness of their hearts now we've we've um we've recently parted ways but that's only because their their focus is is there is going a different direction so now we're looking for other partners in the locker space because we need we need space we get a ridiculous amount of uh blankets and um i don't want to be bringing them into my house like years ago <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> you come to my home and there's this Chock full of blankets. You're like, what are you doing here? But um, you know, Cable Linen Systems is another fantastic partner. Um, they provide us um, like the blankets in the back here. Uh, they provide us uh, all these uh, uh, used, um, gently used uh, sheets and thermals that we can hand out readily to people in need immediately. Um, and I mean, there's so many partners I like to participate. I'd say the, the, the folks at the Canada line, which is the train system that uh, operates in Richmond and airport all the way to Vancouver, where we host Blanket BC's Drive on the Line campaign every no November. Um, they're, they've been amazing to allow us to utilize nine different stations over a two-day period. Um, ProTrans BC, which are the operators of Canada line, um, have always been uh, there for me um, since I've been working for them for 15 years. So I marry my, you know how most people might like to get away from their jobs? Yeah, I kind of put both of them together over a week and it's, um, yeah, I think it takes a little bit of life away from me. <laughs> I'm shortening my life expectancy, but um, it's all for the betterment of humanity, I think. Very cool. Yes, absolutely it is. You're saving and changing lives. You're giving people faith in other human beings and, and, and much, much more. Let's talk a little bit. Can you share some stories? That you, you must have, apart from that first encounter, you must have some amazing stories and touching stories of people uh, that you've seen supported um, and maybe some, some really happy stories of people uh, and probably some others that are not. 
Well, I, I, I would love to, I, there's, there are thousands of stories. I, I, there's a few that are, that hit me, uh, hit me hard. One, we were the, the board at the time and I were doing a tour of the downtown east side, uh, SROs, which are single room occupancies. Um, they're homes, they're housing that are not necessarily in the best of shapes. Um, they're very tough to go through. Um, the smells, um, the, the visuals, they're very hard, but that's why we, I, I take my board out because I, they need to know who are the people we're helping. And we had my son with us that this particular day and he was quite young. And I, I think he was around six, seven or eight. And there we're going up the stairwell. Um, and there was a female, sitting down just about to inject um, heroin or something. And she looked up and my son came over and, you know, most people will be freaking out. And I'm not suggesting I want people to take their kids into dangerous situations. Um, we were in no danger. Um, she was sick, this lady. And Ben came over and put his hands on her shoulder and it was um she, she put the, the 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 needle away and i remember my son saying you know you're sick and you need help can we help you and um it was a very powerful moment to, to witness. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little um, <clears throat> uh, emotional, but when I think about that, and I, I remember that day, my team were just in amazement. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. And Ben potentially saved her life that day. And um, that compassion, children have compassion. We lose it somewhere and we we need to keep we need to keep that compassion within us even though it's very difficult sometimes these are people they're just like you and I and they had a life outside of what their the situation is now and then and we need to remember that that could be us in a year or two that's why we need to stay focused and have compassion for others um, and have compassion for yourself. That's something I've learned over the years, my 49 years. Um, but that day was one of the most powerful days. And then we've had other um, amazing experiences where we've had uh, some folks volunteer with us, um, like on the Canada line, on the drive of the line. Um, they were affected by our blankets. They were, um, I remember a gentleman by the name of Roger who said that uh, if it wasn't for the three or four blankets that we gave him, he would have died. And so he, he came back the next year, you know, and um, volunteered his time. And then with the little money that he had, he put it in one of our, our, our money jars. And I turned to him, I said, why are you doing that? And he says, because I also want to give back. 
And um, this is my way of thanking you. Sorry. Oh, hey, man. Very, very touching stories. And you can see where your your passion lies. So just beautiful. Um, and I think I think people, you know, quite often, Gregory, people will ask the question of, I see someone on the street, what can I do? And I think what you're doing in your words there, um, it's around that compassion, right? If we have compassion for our fellow human beings, but that goes a long way and you see me as a person and how why we use that term person experiencing homelessness because we want you to see the person not the experience they're going through just like you said these are mothers fathers grandfathers friends uncles aunts mm -hmm. they're people right and i think yeah. sometimes we lose that humanity when we see them and think of something else and judgments passed but no judgment with you and your team of volunteers uh some beautiful stories what what's next for the organization? What are your hopes for the future? Because I know it does. It starts with a blanket, and you hope that it ends with more help and housing and and, and you know moving forward. What are your hopes? Um, well, I want to talk about very quickly um, my my team, my board of directors. Um, I've got Christina, TJ, um, Benedicta, um, Sean, Sean Williams. It's been a, a, a long time board member and good friend to the organization. He lives in Virginia and Ben, of course, um, we're hoping to, um, gather more experienced board members because if we want to, if we want to, um, have a future, you, you need to have the right team in place. And we're starting to get that right team in place. Uh, people who are actually going to make a big difference. Where we want to go is, to be honest with you, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I mean that they may that may shock people, but I I I don't want to have SROs. I don't want shelters. I don't want food banks. I don't want any of that. Because if we can get, if we can do the right thing as a society, we wouldn't need them all. Like that should be the, that should be the, the mission and vision of, of, of every nonprofit out there. Right. Obviously that's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. Um, so we are going to be here as long as we have to be. Um, and to be honest with you, if we keep going the way we're going, this will be here long before or long after I'm gone. Um, but I think what I'd like to do is, is get that charity status. Um, allow us to expand our, our services, get a couple of vans instead of my own personal van, get like proper vans, get, you know, higher drivers pick up who pick up and deliver on a constant basis have more uh, events instead of just the driving line it'd be nice to have uh, opportunities to give back to all the volunteers that you know have helped over the years i'd like to give more recognition to everybody that has participated um and even yourself michael by allowing me to be on your show um 
one at least one more person is going to hear it. Many people are going to hear our story, and hopefully they'll be um, they'll feel the passion. Um, they'll be maybe they will be um, wanting to do their own blanket drive. You know, they'll be inspired to do that. Um, we work with a lot of uh, students. Uh, we've had a great relationship with uh, uh, elementary school, middle school, and high schools uh, throughout the years who do their own blanket drives, and they'll call us, and we'll come pick them up. And sometimes I do speeches, um, talk, about, talk about our story, and it inspires them to not necessarily volunteer with us, but just volunteer in general. I think just volunteering is just an amazing thing for everybody. And um, who knows? Uh, I would love to be able to sit down with a prime minister. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, I don't care who it is, but it would be nice to be able to um, sit down with our leader and have a conversation, be able to allow me to express um, my thoughts and my organization's thoughts on you know how things possibly could be handled differently. Um, but it would be really, it would be awesome to be able to also maybe even be recognized um, a little bit more because not, not that we're searching for recognition. We're not going out. You don't, if you go to my socials, you're, you're not going to see me going, Hey everybody, um, I'm here with Frank and I'm going to give him a blanket. Yay. I don't know why people do that. Um, I think it's, 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 I don't know what you think of it. What do you think of that kind of stuff when you see that? It's got to be choice, right? So there's someone who does that. I don't know if you know who Leah Denbach is. She's an amazing, young, talented photographer. And her and her dad will pay individuals experiencing homelessness to tell their stories if it's their choice. Take a picture so they matter. And her pictures right. are gorgeous. Then she sells the books to bring money back to a charity. And then the people that she's taking pictures of said, I'll matter to someone. It's heartbreaking, right? Like I'll be, at least, uh, you know, someone will see me. Um, see, that, that's, so there, cool. There's, that's, there's that, that. I, yeah. that's cool. I'm talking about, you know, the social media kids who, who are yeah, doing I mean, it, I think, again, for you, self. It's exploitation, right? So if you're exploiting yes. it, yes. But I'll tell you, yeah. like, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I mean, I use social media. I believe in it. Not to exploit people. It's going to be their choice. But, when you you get people, it's a great way to rally support around your cause, right? To say, "Oh, I get yeah. it. That's something I can do." Anyone could anyone could give a blanket out, right? Like you, you know, really, it doesn't take a lot except your time and some compassion, and they could come help you out. This is the easiest way to be part of the solution, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, yeah. or you know, a corporate that said, "We can do a blanket drive." Of course, we can. That's good. Like so, so let's talk about that too. Um, Two, two last questions. I'm going to ask you how people get involved, but I also want to understand, so people understand, if you're listening to this, we do have listeners across Canada and around the world. Uh, in BC, homelessness is a huge and growing challenge, right? And weather-related too, as you said in your car right now, it's a very wet, cold climate. Not so much, it's snowy at times, but when, so I, I, the reason I'm saying this, Gregory, too, is I remember talking to a guy... Uh, on the street once and I said do you have a sleepy bag he's like yeah I got four but they're all I threw them all out because they got wet because when you're on the street and so they often will say that rain is the worst because everything you have gets soaked and you're starting from scratch mm -hmm. right with blankets I would 
assume as well. There's nowhere to dry it. And in your climate, it's like that. Anyways, I'm rambling on to say, can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing across BC with people experiencing homelessness? It just kind of paint a picture. Well, it's, it's, I, I can tell you it's getting worse. Um, and it's not even just the homeless that we help out. It's families. It's, it's a lot of families and needs. Um, indigenous uh, um, communities that have very little. Um, I mean, you know, in, uh, Gord Downey talked about it a lot before his death. Uh, uh, he wants uh, more assistance for the uh, native communities in northern Ontario um, who, like, didn't have, like, running water forever and a day or um and you know with inflation and uh, cost of living going through the roof um more and more people are you know they have to make decisions that are tougher like do we have food for the week um but so if we do then we're gonna have to turn off all the heat in the house and it's a tougher choice uh, the weather out here does suck. I tell people don't come in November to like end of March. <laughs> Please stay home. Um, and that's because, you know, it's because of the wet weather. Uh, it doesn't necessarily even have to be um, raining. Um, it's just the moisture in the air that just gets right to the bones. You know, the they don't even open up. And I've, I've I'm, I, I hate these shelters that it's, it's not, I love the shelters. I don't like the fact that the government um, states they need to be open only when it's, uh, you know, you know, a certain degree out. I think it was uh, like at one time it was like minus two or three, which is just ridiculous. Now I think it's five degrees, but you know, they should just be open anyway, you know, just have the shelters there, uh, open them up. Um, the the weather makes it hard for a lot of people we give them out blankets and that's why we're always always asking for blankets because people are always in need even then in in summertime when we had the heat dome a couple years a few years ago um people couldn't lie down on the street it was so hot so we were literally handing out thousands of blankets to people on the street and they would they would lay them down just just to not burn themselves um and you know and also we have no blankets to you know sick kids and and single moms um and it helps you know every you know blankets help and they're not just keeping people um you know warm uh or from you know overheating but also comforts them right we what's the first thing that what's the first thing that we get when we when we're born we're swallowed in a blanket right um, so there's a huge meaning to that. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we were honored a few years ago, about four years ago by the Kwantlen first nation with the button, uh, blanket ceremony and myself and Ben and Emma, and even my father who was sick at the time was honored, uh, with a, a blanket ceremony. And, um, I couldn't believe the power of the ceremony. It was just so overwhelming and to know that a blanket just means way more than just, you know, coziness, right? There's a spirit behind it, right? There's a love behind it. And I think that's, I think that's what drives. That's why we're, you know, we're like the engine, you know, the little engine that could, you know, getting up that mountain. It's, it's sometimes it's, you don't have the engine 
Um, but you have the spirit and that's what's going to get you up that hill. Right. I don't know if I just, I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I think when I think of a phrase, I think for you and for many people is that be the, be the change you want to see in this world. You are absolutely mm. being that change and we are grateful for it. If people want to support, uh, blanket BC, uh, society, where, where do they go? How can they get involved? Uh, can they give, can they do a blanket? How do they do a blanket drive? Where do they find out more? Uh, www.blanketbc.org is our website. Um, and you know, if they want to do a blanket drive, it's not hard. You just, you know, you, you know, if you're at work, talk to your, you know, your, your colleagues and say, Hey, I'd like to collect like 20 blankets this week, guys. Do you think you guys could maybe look in your closets? And then go to your local shelter and drop them off. Make sure everything's laundered and, and clean. Um, and, you know, uh, students out there, uh, anyone listening, if you're a teacher, um, talk to the kids about what does a blanket mean to you, you know? Um, and have the kids draw blankets and color. Um, if they, they want to don uh, donate their time, you know, we're I'm always always looking for people to 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 help out and not only distribute but collect and and you know just raise awareness you know show that compassion you know in in your community and and um you know I've never always been like a numbers guy but uh, you know it's money is money is tight money is uh, you know how they say shoestring budget well you know there's little things the flugel binders uh, at the end of your shoe, shoe, shoestring, that's our budget. <laughs> and if we can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what you can do with nothing, you know, but heart. It is. And you're, you're leading by example. We are truly grateful. Thank you for all you do. You're saving lives. You're making a difference. You're inspiring others. Uh, thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for your time today. As you sit in your van, uh, doing your blanket deliveries and i know you've got a lot going on you said you slept a couple hours i do have one final question what was the name of the movie you were in with that fateful night would we know it uh if you remember it was either it was either to each his own or sister blue i can't remember it was one of the one of the two so go out rent that movie you know, good support. luck. <laughs> but better yet, don't don't watch it. it. I'm horrible. I was a horrible actor. Horrible. <laughs> I don't believe it. Once I go to blanket BC uh, and and be a part of the solution, just like Gregory has. Gregory, thank you so much for your time today. We'll see you next time you, on the way home. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate. It. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.